you know, it's not Karachi, it is not East Pakistan, this is not India, this is not Ireland, this is never records, this is never records, this is never records. And certainly me. In the crash, in, in the booth with never records. With 13 minutes. Across the ocean, from New York to Liverpool to Derry, we are the ones who believe that through joy we can forever live. Thank you, Never Records. I'm sorry I touched your microphone. <laughs> You are not listening to Never Records on Converge Radio 99.9 FM. Welcome to episode 93 of Never Records Radio. My name is Ted Riederer, and I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. Mississippi to the River Jordan and back to the Missouri. I've recorded musicians, poets, historians, mods, rockers, anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my conceptual art project, Never Records. The Never Records archive continues to grow. To this date, there are over 500 recordings from more than nine cities around the world. Let me describe this next recording to you. This past week, I had what could best be described as a back to the future moment. A temporal deja vu, where I found myself reliving a resonant moment that bridged a 30 year gap. You see, back in the 1980s, I was in a band called The Reply. And what started as a bunch of 14-year-olds playing dress-up and posing in front of mirrors turned into a way of life, an ethic of seeing and experiencing the world. My parents were incredibly supportive during this period of my life. And often, in the beginning, when I was too young to drive myself to a gig, My mother would drive me and wait patiently in the car while we performed. So there we were again last Monday. My mother and me in the pouring rain at the loading dock of Furnace Record Pressing, picking up 46 boxes of Reply Records. We weren't in a DeLorean like Marty McFly, but we were in a future car of sorts, a Tesla. Scott, when July is hot, I 
not listening to never records that was the reply with our track razor sharp recorded 33 years ago back in 1986 at patch studios in georgetown we were all of 16 years old 
Today's episode is going to be fun. It features the music of The Reply. Now I know it's a bit self-indulgent, but it does offer insight into the birth of Never Records. Not to mention, it's a celebration of our upcoming double album release of our complete collected works. Call it a mod life crisis, as John says. We were mods. What's a mod, you ask? Well, an easy answer is to watch The Who's Quadrophenia, which we did over and over again. We tried to emulate the costumes we saw in the film and on the album covers of the bands that we worshipped. Mods were working-class teenagers and young adults who dressed as sharply as they could and afford. Mods danced all night to soul music and rode scooters adorned with as many mirrors as physics would allow. We felt like outsiders in high school, and we liked it that way. Banding together with other misfits and freaks who allied themselves under the banners of fashion and music, we belonged to a tribe that also danced all night at clubs like Posers, the 930 Club, and the 15 Minute Club. It was more than just fashion, though. The bands we loved had a social consciousness, whether it be the record label Two-Tone or the skinhead soul band, The Redskins. Through music, we learned about the apartheid in South Africa, the working conditions of miners in the UK, and so much more. We also wrote our songs about the injustices we saw around us. Like this 1987 track, All Good Things, recorded by Chris Biondo at Black Pond Studios. We were 17, writing about the assassination of the Swedish Prime Minister Olaf Palma, who was killed for his socialist beliefs by an unknown assailant while walking home.
That was the reply with the song All Good Things, recorded and released on vinyl back in 1987. As far as I know, that's the only song written about the assassination of the Swedish Prime Minister Olaf Palmer. A week before he was murdered, Palmer made a keynote address at the Swedish People's Parliament against apartheid held in Stockholm. In this address, Palmer said, Apartheid cannot be reformed. It has to be abolished. Let me describe this next recording to you. I asked Gary Roth and John Lyons from the band to write the liner notes for the new release. We started the band in the fall of 1983, the ripe old ages of 13. The four of us found ourselves listening to music that was out of step with what was on the radio at the time. The jam, the clash, the specials, the beat, the Ramones, the damned, Many others were the soundtrack of those early years for us, as well as original ska, reggae, soul, and other sounds. We somehow decided we needed to make music ourselves, with help from musicians a few years older than us, especially Gary's brother John, Neil Augustine, and David Thornell. We learned how to start a band, get gigs, we paste flyers, and record. We wanted to write songs about the injustices we saw in the world around us, just like our heroes did. And while it started out being about the four of us doing our own thing, we very quickly started meeting kids around our age from all over the DC area, who were also doing creative work and wanted to be part of something. Whether they called themselves mods, kooks, rudes, punks, or anything else, they encouraged us. And the reply suddenly became part of a thriving scene. Later, people we thought of as mythical opened the doors to all that was happening in DC. People like Cynthia at DC Space, Lisa at the Old 930, Ian and Fugazi, Mark from Positive Force, and the beloved Skip from Yesterday and Today, who put a poster for one of our shows on his wall and left it there forever, making us feel special for life. The story behind this band and this album is the story of the scene that came alive at all those shows at DC Space, Eastside, 930, The Roxy, and so many other places in those years. It's dedicated to all the people who made their own flyers and fanzines, organized shows and scooter rallies, brought their energy and often very keen sense of style to all of it. It's dedicated to the bands we often played with, like Modest Proposal, The Mondays, The Generation, The Now, The Rhomboids, The Good Guys, The Toasters, The Vile Cherubs, I Spy, TBA, and The Untouchables. In the words of Paul Weller, didn't we have a nice time? It's hard to believe how young we all were and how much happened in such a short period. We hope you had as much fun as we did and that you enjoy hearing these songs again for the first time.
You are not listening to Never Records Radio. That was The Reply with our track Billy, recorded at Black Pond Studios way back in 1988, the year we graduated high school. I think you can hear the Discord influence on this one. 
with that Fugazi-esque rhythm guitar. It was hard not to be influenced by Discord. By that time, we were playing Positive Four shows at the Wilson Center and DuPont Circle, as well as outdoor gigs at Fort Reno and Rock Against Reagan. DC resonated with the sounds that espoused social justice. The sons and daughters of government workers, we questioned a government that neglected the AIDS crisis and sold drugs to topple Central American regimes. It felt so empowering to channel adolescent angst towards something so constructive and positive. Let me describe this next recording to you. The reply had dreams of becoming big. We experienced some successes. We even flirted with a big-time agent from New York who promised us she would make us rock stars. I'll never forget driving home all night after a gig at CBGB's behind some lunatic with a radar detector with flashing lights so big we could follow the alarms through his rear view window. We made it from New York to D.C. in under three hours after our 3 a.m. set at CV's, and we felt like we could do anything. Last summer we were together as a band. We set out to record a full-length album with our friend Michael Whalen, who had moved up to New York and was working at a huge studio like the Power Station or something. We rented a studio in Bethesda for a whole week, something that seems decadent even to this day. We never finished that record, but decided to release the unfinished tracks anyway. Here is a song from that session called Remember encapsulates what the reply meant to us.
You are not listening to Never Records. That was Remember by our band The Reply, recorded a long, long time ago. Thinking back on this chapter of my life, I realized so much of the spirit of Never Records was forged during this time. The power of a musical community to affect change, the sensation of performing and dancing to other bands and DJs, the vinyl record as a symbol of social consciousness, power of music to save my life. Thank you for listening to Never Records. Special thanks to my brothers Gary, John, and Mark. A heartfelt thanks and a big hug to all the musicians and artists that make Never Records possible. For more information, pictures, and video from today's session, please visit neverrecords.net. This show would not be heard it weren't for Scott Morfitt and Patrick Tillery, who put Never Records on the airwaves with support from the UW Eau Claire Foundation. You are not listening to Never Records. <laughs>